It's time for the press box. What are we having? Uh, just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? Soup. Oh, I can read. PB and J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Now here's your host, Ward Whites, and Glenn Stretch-Smith, along with Aaron Sexton. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas. Glad to have you along on this Monday. We're I, don't, just I don't know what's working or what's not working here. I don't either. I mean, we're on, but I can't <laughs> we're hear We're here. <laughs> we are here. I think, I think my microphone is not... Mine either. Engaged as well as it needs to be, right? I don't know what happened over the weekend, but somebody messed with everything, and it's going to sound terrible. Yeah. Okay, well. It's going to sound like we're in a closet. Oh, like stretch sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, stretch probably sounds better than we do. Stretch, are you there? Are you there? Uh yeah, I'm here. What, yeah, what, he the, we're good. having an afternoon at the improv. Is that what we got working? A little <laughs> exactly. hee-haw laugh in or what? Well, yeah, I'm here. And I, I know you're here. And just hang on. We're trying to figure out our microphones <laughs> in the studio. All right. Here on a big Monday is the Bader Bears back in action coming up tonight. And it will be TCU on the agenda for the Bader Bears coming up tonight. Big game. You can hear that right here on ESPN Central Texas. After a disappointing overtime loss for the Bears on Saturday against the Houston Cougars. And, boy, Houston's a pretty good basketball team. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. There's no doubt about it. La Vega girls heading to the state championship on Friday afternoon for the semifinals against Dallas Lincoln, a 130 tip. You can hear that on Fox Sports Central Texas. I'll be down in San Antonio on Friday. Going to... Head out early Friday morning. Do some play-by-play. <laughs> yes, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Congratulations to the La Vega Lady Pirates getting the region championship and a chance for a back-to-back state championship uh, as they start in the semifinals on Friday afternoon at 1.30. Our pregame will start at 1 o'clock on Fox Sports Central Texas. The other things over the weekend, how about a late-night extravaganza for the Baylor softball team as they play in a tournament, did did pretty well on the tournament over the weekend. Five and zero, better than pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> pretty well. So congratulations. Doing a little bit them. better than it's the guys and, and playing late night mm-hmm. softball and playing against some really good yeah. teams too, Aaron. Yeah, I think four of the five were ranked. I'll have to look. I know at least three of the four, but I think four of the five were ranked, and I know UCLA and Oregon were. It's uh, just a great win for them. All one-run games, I believe, too, yeah. except for the one. Now, four out of five one-run games. Right. So, there you go. Congratulations to them. We'll have women's basketball coming up tomorrow night and baseball tomorrow night as well. So, it's that time of year where you uh, have lots of activities going simultaneously. Over the weekend, at one time on Saturday, Aaron, we had five studios filled up with games. <laughs> it was busy. At the same time. <laughs> How about that? A lot of fun. All right. We'll hear more from uh, John Morris coming up uh, in the 2 o'clock hour with a, a lot about Baylor and a good preview of tonight's game. Coming up at uh, in just a few minutes, we'll have Drake Toll from Locked On Big 12. 
we will talk about the uh, basketball conference as well as maybe getting some baseball in there from Drake. And then coming up at 115, we'll have Stephen Simcox will join the show and locked on Horn Frogs with that big game coming up tonight. Big Monday. And Stretch, how difficult is it to be able to play on Saturday and an overtime game against a really good Houston Cougar team and then reset yourself for tonight just almost back-to-back? Well, and and I I think it's a furious comeback that Baylor had to make. I I think it's interesting that you make that point because anytime you have to exert that kind of effort, energy to get back in a game and, and to send the game to overtime and then get on the road, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult turnaround. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of that thing where that's the gambling angle, right? you got all kinds of people that think they can handicap these college basketball games, and they're, they're, they're looking for that angle. They're looking for that, boy, here, here, here was a Baylor team down big, Saturday morning, made a furious comeback, got it into overtime, then lose the game. Now they got to get on the road and go to Fort Worth. I can promise you that that that's a handicapping angle that a lot of different people, you know, are, are going to take a look at, just like they will with with Texas, who you know got whipped at Kansas, got to turn around and play, uh, you know, at Texas Tech. So yeah, I think all of those all of those little factors play into uh, how your team is going to react, how your team will react, and quite frankly, almost how you practice, how you don't practice, um, you know, letting guys get their feet back under them. It's, a, it, it's, a, it's an inexact science and something that I'm sure Coach Drew is dealing with. And, you know, they're also having to deal with the, the mental side of that to say, okay, we got to put this behind us because we do have to go to Fort Worth and play a good TCU basketball team on Monday night. So it's not just physically getting ready. It's mentally flushing that game out of your mind and knowing you got to go beat a pretty good a pretty good basketball team in Fort Worth. Other games on Big Monday, you have West Virginia at Kansas State, Miami at UNC, and then, of course, the uh, big one on the big stage tonight at 8 o'clock on ESPN, Baylor, number 11 at TCU. And remember TCU and Baylor when they played at the Foster just a couple of weeks ago, it was a triple overtime win for the Horn Frogs. So Baylor trying to um, get past that and again almost back to back. What national day is it, Stephanie? Pistachio Day. Pistachio. Pistachio Day and be nice to an elder. Okay. So you like, have to be nice to me. To me. <laughs> you have to be nice to me. <laughs> You're not far behind me, Aaron. <laughs> You're like right there with me. <laughs> nice to an elder day. All right. That's that's a good day. I think you that, that probably should be every day. It should be every day. Yeah. You should be nice to everybody every day. No, I don't know about that. Even when you don't like them, be nice. Board. <laughs> now, are you a fan of? It's also Nash International, International, not National International, Polar Bear Day. You can go hang out with a polar bear. Oh, I'm good. You're not going to do that. No, we could do. We can't even do a polar bear jump in the Pool? water. Yeah, because it's like polar bear summer plunge. outside. Yeah, that's 
It's crazy. Stretch, have you ever done a polar bear plunge? I, I have done one of those really oh, cold I cannot plunges. Do yeah, yeah, I, and it is it'll 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 get you. It's staggering. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll wake you up. Yeah, I promise you. If you if you have a problem with your uh, little inflammation in your joints and all that, go uh, go take a run and go and take one of those polar plunges. It's 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 good for you. And you you know what? It's one of those things you need to check off your to do list. So yeah, I got, <laughs> no, it is. Good. Uh, it's not something I'm going to do. I'm not got not something I'm going to do very every year. But I think I think you need to do it once just to say you've done it. I, I've had to sit in ice baths before. I don't know how you athletes did that. I couldn't do I'm it. And I'm not going to do uh-uh. the polar bear plunge. The ice bath, uh-uh. I absolutely despised it. I'd have to get a towel and bite on it so I could sit in the ice bath. Oh. No thanks. It's the same thing. I mean, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a whole lot different. But you, I guarantee you, if you did sit in it, you came out your joints. You came out feeling better. I, I've, I'm a bit. I've always been a big ice bath guy. But that was always when it was, uh, you know, a hundred outside, and it was after practicing, and you were, you know, you were exhausted. You were trying to get your get your. Uh, legs back under you, but it's a different animal when it's in the 50s or 60s to go jump in that freezing cold water. Yeah. Totally different animal. I can imagine it is. I've just never had the desire to try that. Maybe I'm just a big baby. I don't know. We could bet on it. No, not betting on it. I, I can bet you this. I bet I ain't doing it. We could bet that the Rangers don't go to the World Series this year. Oh, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We'll Rangers see. playing pretty good right now in spring training. I know we're just dipping our toe in spring training, but they've got to they've got to be one of the favorites, I think. Them and the Astros. Yeah, Stretch keeps saying the Astros too. I agree with Stretch. Yeah, I think the Astros are. I think the Astros are. Uh, they got them. A, they got them a dab of that uh, of what it feels like to get it kind of rubbed in you a little bit so uh, you know it'll be interesting to see how they how how the Astros respond and it's gonna be interesting to see how the Rangers respond I mean with so many young players I you know Evan Carter being such a young player you know how is he going to respond he he doesn't have that many major league at bats where you could formulate even a scouting uh opinion on him so yeah I think that's uh all of those things are going to be it's going to be fun to, to, to go through this spring training and watch. Ward, did you see this situation with Cam Newton on this seven-on-seven seven brawl that he got in in Atlanta? I did not. I did. It did oh, not look good. <laughs> this is sickening. Just uh-huh. absolutely sickening. I mean, I, I feel like every day we come in here and there's a lot of the good and and then there's some of the bad right but then i'm tired of the ugly scenario i'm tired of the uh of the incarnate word uh texas commerce basketball melee after shaking hands a week ago and and seeing this with cam newton it's really disturbing i'm I, I I thought he was a classier individual whoa, than to go whoa, get into some sort of a, a scuffle minute. in a seven-on. He got sucker punched and jumped by seven people. He was trying to break it up. So let's let's take it easy on attacking <laughs> Cam Newton in this in this situation. Well, whatever the situation is, you know what? It, 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 it must have involved some. I don't know who hit who, who did he, what, but okay, it must I can have tell involved you who did some. Who. He got sucker punched, and then they yeah, jumped well, him, yeah. and he started throwing people. Right, right. So I can tell you who it was. There was something that preceded that. 
I can tell you that. So, anyway, not, not a good situation for an ex-NFL quarterback to be in. And, you know, I, I mean, and uh, a little sad to hear about Peter King. You know, I, I, I was always – he was the first real initial uh, scoop jockey in the NFL. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little sad to hear about, you know, him retiring, but – they put us all out to pasture, Ward. You and I are probably not, uh, not too far behind that. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I will, and I'm going to speak for you, too, because yeah, okay. ain't nobody outruns Father Time. That's right. You're exactly right on that. All right, this is the Press Box here on a big Monday as the Baylor Bears get ready to take on TCU tonight. You can hear that game right here on ESPN Central Texas. Coming up next, we'll visit with Drake Toll. We'll talk Big 12. That's next right here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor, Big 12 Women's Basketball on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women stay on the road to play Cincinnati on Tuesday. 4.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 5 p.m. tip-off Tuesday. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman here on the flagship station for Baylor women's basketball, ESPN Central Texas. Hey, it's always one of the biggest sales of the year, and it's on right now. The huge trade-in day sales event at the new Volkswagen of Waco. Trade in and trade up while we've got bigger selection and better prices. Great deals on used cars like BMWs and Mazda, Chevys, Kias, Nissans, Ford Broncos, lots more. Easy credit, and we're paying top dollar for trades. Hey, it's trade-in days at Volkswagen of Waco at VolkswagenofWaco.com. It's a better place. It's a better way to buy a car. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services. Doctors got together and said, why are we prescribing so many medications? Why are we sending so many people to surgery in droves? Let's change this. The answer, natural biologics, our own healing properties, and the outcome is the country's largest provider of non-surgical regenerative treatments, QC Kinetics. Actually, the real outcome are the tens of thousands of patients who finally got their quality of life back without surgery. Thanks to QC Kinetics. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. Where are they at? Um, I thought they were right here. A lot of truck owners are wondering what happened. This is where I came last time. What happened to them? Some are getting worried. What's your emergency? I can't find them. They're not here. We get it. For 26 years, Pickup Outfitters has been battling truck nudity from our comfy little spot on Lake Air Drive. But we needed more space, and we wanted our customers to have better parking and to be more comfortable. So just like our customers upgrading their truck, we upgraded our location at Pickup Outfitters. Our new location is right there on Waco Drive, just a half mile from our old location, 4535 West Waco Drive, in between the old Richie's Western Wear and D'Amore Jewelers. So if you need a new bed cover, steps, bumper, winch, anything for your truck, come see us at the brand new Pickup Outfitters, 4535 West Waco Drive. Check us out online at createacommotion.com. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. 
spring is right around the corner, and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old windows before the hot weather gets here. Call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows, and they've been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for years. There's finance options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. That's UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. Or call 254-301-7760. And be sure to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham. Cunningham Realtor with Colwell Baker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. We're going to stretch Smith along with you here on this big Monday as the Baylor Bears get ready to take on the TCU Horn Frogs in Fort Worth coming up tonight. You can hear that game right here on ESPN Central Texas. Joining us now, as promised, from Locked On Big 12, Drake Toll. Drake, how are we doing on this Monday? Hey, Ward, I'm doing great, man. Always a great break and a reprieve to talk to you. I'm excited to talk some Big 12 hoops today. And Big 12 hoops are coming down to the final games of the regular season, getting ready for the Big 12 tournament. And right now, you've got Iowa State, you've got Texas, you've got Kansas, or excuse me, you've got Kansas and you've got Baylor and Houston. Those four teams are kind of separating themselves from everybody else after KU beat Texas on Saturday as well. You know, I think so, Ward, but if I'm going to do a Big 12 power ranking in basketball right now, which I, I've honestly had to stay away from this season because the parity in this league, I mean, you've mm-hmm. got to a Baylor team that some weeks is number two, some weeks they're number eight. And eight's not a bad spot to be in the Big 12, but Texas Tech is better than we thought. BYU is better than we thought. Oklahoma is in that same category. And TCU could even make a case there. But if I'm going to give you teams that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack, I think it's Houston at one, maybe Iowa State at one B, and then everybody else. There's just been too much chaos amongst the rest of these teams. And you could even make a case that it's Houston, a gap, and then everyone else. And I wouldn't be able to argue with you. Uh, those teams you mentioned, yes, they've set themselves apart at the top of this league, but Houston is head and shoulders better than everybody else on, at this point, every given night. And, and I don't think we can overlook that. The Cougars are just a different animal this year. And the Big 12 right now, who do you see are the, who do you see are the last two teams out as, as we sit here today, the 26th of February? You know, I, I'm worried about where Cincinnati is. Net favored them. I, I liked what, what they had put together. West Miller's squad two weeks ago seemed like a, a lock or a team that was at least in a position to make March. And now losing four of five, 
they're not in a good spot. And we already know that UCF, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia would have to win the Big 12 tournament to even have a chance. Cincinnati has put themselves in a situation where they will likely be staring down that barrel. And I think Kansas State has done itself no favors. That win at home against Kansas is really their last prayer at making it to March if they don't win the Big 12 tournament. So I think those are the teams, Kansas State, Cincinnati, that seem like the two that are outside looking in. But I don't know why more people aren't talking about how fraudulent Texas could be. We we're all waiting, right? The, the early season Texas was just okay, hit or miss. The, the mid-season Texas is okay, hit or miss. And right now, Texas is still okay, hit or miss. I'm not sure why net favors them as much as it does, but as you know, that's an algorithm that we, we really put all of our eggs in that basket when it comes to March for better or worse and net likes Texas and net likes BYU and Oklahoma. So for Kansas state, Cincinnati, you're outside looking in, we need some good work here, but for Texas, they're trending toward that line though. They're still in March. Drake Toll with us from lockdown, big 12 here on the press box on ESPN central Texas and Drake, you mentioned Texas and, you know, how they've been up and down and, and mostly on the other side yeah. of the ledger than they need to be. Is, is Terry's job in trouble right now? I think Terry's job is is in danger. And the only reason, the one reason that I think Terry will be retained, even if they don't make March, is it's what Chris Del Conte did with Steve Sarkeesian. There was a an aura amongst that Texas football team, despite that Alamo Bowl loss to to Washington, you'll remember in 2023, mm -hmm. that, hey, we're going to stick with this guy and let him have a couple years to fill it out. Rodney Terry was brought in an awful situation with Chris Beard being fired and made the most of it in year one. And I, I still don't think the jury's completely out. Now, he has not been a, a successful head coach. I'll say that. He's not been a, a successful, proven head coach anywhere else. So Texas is hoping with Rodney Terry. And, Ward, if, if you go back to really mid-January, it's loss, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. There's no consistency. Right. Texas has had no consistency. And it's a one-year sample. They were good last season. This year, being up and down, I don't think it's enough for Rodney to feel like he's in danger in 2024. But in 25, going to the SEC, especially an SEC that's weaker than the Big 12, you have to win or you will be fired. Tell us a little bit about how you feel about Kansas and how they're playing. They're a team to me that is – they're up a few weeks and then, they, then they'll, yeah. they'll throw in a stinker on you. Do you see them being a Sweet 16 team this year? Again, I feel like Kansas fits that same mold as a Baylor or as a TCU or a Texas Tech, a BYU, where you just don't know. One week they're the best team in the conference, second best team in the conference. The next week you they can't hit you know, can't hit the ocean from the boat. And for Kansas right now – the one saving grace, they, the biggest saving grace that I'll give them, they have the best starting five of the Big 12. I still believe that. With, with Furphy's development and obviously the way that Dickinson's able to play, and they've had guys, one guy and another guy and another guy amongst the leaderboards in points, rebounds, and assists all season long. In March, that's what you need. We, we don't need you to go out and win 10 games in 10 days. We need you to win two games in a weekend. We need five guys that can go out and ball for 38 minutes. People always talk about depth. Oh, this team's got eight guys that can play. We can't put eight guys on the floor. I understand that in, in conference play, when you need to, to load manage, that becomes a thing. In the NCAA tournament, we shrink down to seven guys that play, and that starting five is crucial. I still believe in Kansas because they have the best starting five in the Big 12. They don't have the defense that Houston does off the bench, but – in a, March, in a March format where all you need to do is win two in a weekend, I say all you need loosely, but when you need to win two in a weekend, Kansas can do it with its starting five.
Drake Toe locked on Big 12 with us here on the press box on ESPN Central Texas. TCU gets the win uh, on Saturday night against Cincinnati, 75-57. to Baylor loses in overtime to a very good Houston Cougar team. But Baylor started off really slow. They had to fight and claw their way to get that game to overtime. How much does that hurt the Bears going into Fort Worth tonight, or does it hurt the Bears going into Fort Worth tonight that they exude so much energy on Saturday and they turn around and play on Monday? I still think Baylor's in a good position to win against TCU this evening just because TCU has not established itself as a team that plays better on the road or better at home. They are the they are on the flip side of a Kansas you see is up and down based on how their schedule is, and Baylor's the same way. TCU is unpredictable. They will lose a home game. They will win a road game that's unexpected. And to me, after Baylor was bested by the Horn Frogs in Waco in that triple overtime game, I think Scott Drew has circled this one as one that his guys prove, hey, we are better now than we were a month or a month and a half ago, and, and that's going to give them confidence in Fort Worth. But as for this loss to Houston, against Houston head and shoulders above everybody else, but there's one thing that I keep hearing, the rhetoric I keep hearing from multiple Big 12 fan bases is, well, our team is young, or, well, we have two or three young contributors. It is Monday, February 26th. If you are still saying, well, our team is young, consider yourself as a team that cannot contend in March Madness. If the excuse is, through 15 games in Big 12 play that our guys are not ready to compete in certain formats or in certain scenarios, you can kiss March goodbye. The we are young excuse does not work if you want to win in the postseason. You keep talking about inconsistency, two of these teams, and I know you talked about Texas a little bit, but as you see their final four games at Texas Tech, they got uh, Oklahoma at home, OS, Oklahoma State at home. They they finish at Baylor. Or, or they have a Baylor next Monday. How many of those yeah. games do you think they need to win to truly lock themselves into getting a chance to play in March? This applies to everybody right now in the conference. If you are getting blown out at this point in the season or you are being upset, that's when I start to throw up the red flags. If that's happening to you, uh, we've got to reevaluate because things have to be put together by late February going into March. We, we've got to have it all nailed down and know what the identity of your team is going into the tournament for Texas. They've got to win two of the next four to make it in safely. If they do that, they get in safely because, again, the analytics like them so much. It doesn't matter what Jay Billis says. It doesn't matter what Tom Lenardi says. What matters is the net rankings. And Texas is in a fine spot to make it to March Madness as a team in the middle of the pack in the best conference, even if they finish below 500 in Big 12 play. But that game at Texas Tech, I think they're going to lose that one, but they should beat Oklahoma State at home. They should beat Oklahoma at home. As long as they win the games, they're favored, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Even if they lose the games where they're supposed to lose at Texas Tech and at Baylor, they're going to be okay. But if they're able to pick up a win or two on the road in these last four, they're sitting pretty and can help their seeding. Greg, how many teams in the Big 12 make it to the dance, in your opinion, right now? Is it is it eight? Is it nine? Is it seven? It is swayed as high as 10 when Cincinnati and Kansas State are playing their best basketball. And still today, there is an opportunity to get nine teams in. Locks include Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, Baylor. Those four teams are locks to be top four seeds in March Madness. Uh, TCU is certainly going to get in. Texas Tech has done enough. Their resume is good enough. They're, they're getting in. BYU also a lock. So at that point, I'm looking at seven teams that I have some confidence in, I have good confidence in, 
Then there's the Oklahoma and Texas conversation where I don't believe in either of those teams as legitimate contenders in March. They're both going to be candidates get upset very early on. But again, Jay Billis and I, Tom Lenardi and I don't make these these brackets. The computer does. And the computer loves Texas and Oklahoma enough to put them in. Outside of that, those nine, I feel like, are going to make it to March. Uh, Kansas State is going to need a miracle here at the very end, but I do think they are still better than Cincinnati. Uh, they get a chance to prove that on, on Saturday. But right now, if Kansas State can win three of their last four, they got Iowa State and Kansas buried in there. They got a better shot. But give me nine teams as of right now, and it would take something colossal from Oklahoma and Texas to change that because Net likes them. Talk, let's talk a little bit about Kelvin Sampson's team. I, I Every, you know, some people are really high on them. Others are, yep. you know, thinking that, that that that's a team that could be inconsistent. Do you do you see that as a Final Four team? Houston's the best team in the Big Twelve, bar none. I don't think there's a conversation there to open it up for somebody else. However, I believe Iowa State is better suited for March. Their defense actually scales better analytically per shot quality than Houston's, which is shocking. Man, I had an uh, old fraternity brother of mine texted me on Saturday in the middle of the Baylor-Houston game and said, Houston looks like an NBA team. They did in the first half. That defense is locked down. My only question, and this is a bit of a cop-out, so I, I struggle to pose it, but it's something that comes up this time every year, is how does the Big 12 gauntlet affect everyone? Did, mm-hmm. did X team get beaten up too much? And to me, Houston's been playing in the American Conference. They didn't get the reprieve of playing USF and East Carolina to end their season this year. They get Oklahoma on the road, a sneaky UCF team in Orlando, and Kansas to end their year. When, when you're getting that for the first time, that slap in the face, look, they can pour it all they want into the, into the regular season. They can go out and win the Big 12 tournament. But historically, the teams that do that do not win in March. I want to see how well Houston goes through the gauntlet and is able to win in March. Because you see so many coaches put emphasis on the regular season. Once you've got your seating, once you're in the tournament, at some point you do have to consider load management. Where do we go on the bench? How do we play this to be ready for March? And as we've seen a couple of times, Kelvin Sampson's Houston teams get to March and it feels like they peter out. Will they be able to withstand an entire Big 12 schedule and be just as hot in March? Very possible, but I still I, I want to see it. That's my only big question with the Cougars their first year in this league. Drake Toe locked on Big 12 with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And Drake, the Big 12 tournament coming up. For teams like Houston, Baylor, yeah. Kansas, Iowa State, I, I don't feel like for me that that's a big deal. I mean, you just go in there, of course you play the game to win. If you don't win, that's even better probably in my opinion because you have the opportunity yeah. to rest the legs going into the NCAA tournament. But which team is sitting right there that says, okay, the only way I'm getting in is if yeah. we surprise everybody and get in. How big is the tournament or is it not as big as some people say? Oh, man. You know, Ward, it obviously does vary by every team for how, how you treat it. But if you're Houston, if you're Iowa State, if you're, if you're even Baylor right now, my biggest advice is lose. Just lose. Go home. When Baylor won the national championship, they lost in the Big 12. One and they, they, right. They, there's no need. There is no need to go in here and impress anybody. We already know where you are. We already know you are in March, and we've already seen what you can do. Your seating is likely set. Now, if I'm West Virginia, Oklahoma State, UCF, 
uh, or Cincinnati, which this is not going to happen. One of those teams has to make a magical run to win the Big 12 tournament to go to March. Cincinnati, you could argue, could win two or three games and put themselves in an on-the-bubble scenario, but I- I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of hoping my team gets on the bubble. I want to win it and be sure. For Kansas State, they are in a, in a situation. Kansas State, Texas, and Oklahoma, namely. Maybe you add Texas Tech into this conversation at 8-6 and six in Big 12 play. You're going to need to win a game or two in the Big 12 tournament against Houston, who should want to lose, against Iowa State, who should want to lose, to boost your resume just a tick more to either solidify yourself in or get off that 8-9 seed line. If you're Oklahoma and you go in as an 8 seed in the NCAA tournament and round one you play a middle-of-the-pack Big East team and get your win, congrats, now you're playing one seed Purdue. Right, I, I, you don't want to be there come March. If you're Baylor, you know you're a top four seed. Go home, get done. No more travel. Rest up for a week and get ready to play the little sisters of the blind in round one. That's all you got to do. But if you're Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State, Cincinnati, we need you to get some wins in there to be able to boost your resume and feel even better come March when it comes to seeding. I, I like how you're handicapping these seedings already. How, how do you see the Bears right now where we sit? February 26th, what type of seed do you think they get? Yeah, you know, last week's AP poll having Baylor at 11 felt like they were on that three or four seed line. I, I still think Baylor is a four seed. And if you look at what they have coming up, the game at TCU, I have them favored personally. And Vegas, Vegas is right there, almost even. But then Kansas comes to town. You just saw Baylor lose at home to Houston. Then Texas comes to town. You saw how they struggled against Roddy Terry's team. And then Texas Tech on the road of your last four games, Three of them are against rank, or two of them are against ranked teams. All four are against teams that have seen time in the AP poll and deservedly so. There are four teams, four March Madness teams left on Baylor's schedule. So when you're sitting on that three, four seed line with four games that could help you boost your resume, my strategy of lose out of the Big 12 tournament is strictly dependent on winning three, two or three of these four games. If Baylor comes out and goes three and one in these last four, they don't have to worry about what happens in, in Kansas City. They can lose in round one and still be three seed but you could also fall in that five or six seed line if the train derails at the end of the season similar to the way that it did kind of the end of last year where you didn't have a lot of confidence in Baylor uh, after that Iowa State loss in the Big 12 tournament I don't see this Baylor team doing the same thing but uh, you're gonna need you're gonna need to win a couple of these last games to stay right there in a three or four seed Drake Toe locked on Big 12 with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas and Drake you hear it all the time the Big 12 is the best conference in basketball, in yeah. the NCAA. I, I completely agree with that, 100%. With Texas and Oklahoma leaving and the new look of the conference, the teams that are coming in, will that continue, in your opinion, to be the same next year? You know, Ward, I was asked that question recently. really had to ponder it because a year ago, we're having the same conversation. When BYU comes in and Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, will it water down the Big 12? Will there be more off nights? Will there be more you know, quad three, quad two games for teams to take a rest? And and there hasn't been. BYU has been wholly impressive. Cincinnati is better than advertised. UCF has beaten Kansas at home and Texas Tech at home, who are top 25 teams, and obviously Houston's a juggernaut. As you lose Texas and Oklahoma, who have been – middle of the pack big 12 teams for the last decade or so and you bring in an arizona who is already going to be what houston is this year they'll be set for big time basketball that that's good i think arizona themselves can replace what houston or what texas and oklahoma gave you in the middle there my my question is with arizona state 
who took Bobby Hurley and, and has just struggled with this Hall of Famer who has such a big name and carries such a basketball prowess with him, or a Colorado who's struggling out in the Pac-12 right now, having an underwhelming season after high expectations, or or when we're looking at, hey, Arizona is great, but what do we get out of Utah here who's in, this, in a similar boat as Colorado? Or, I don't know. Last year, I would have told you the Big 12's watered down by adding BYU, UCF, and Cincinnati, and it turns out those teams hit the portal had the right coach in place to at least compete in year one. So right now, I don't like the way that Colorado, Arizona State would water down the Big 12. However, maybe they shock me the same way a BYU has this season. What about let's talk a little baseball as we get as we get rolling into Big 12 baseball. Any thoughts initially early on the season for where you see the Big 12 stacks up in a baseball in a baseball standpoint? I can tell you this. I, I saw the tweet today that Baylor puts out every every week that recaps the weekend um, and gives all the scores or or uh, uh, you know it, it lists softball goes five and zero, oh, men's tennis undefeated, women's tennis, and buried at the very bottom of the tweet is baseball competed against Indiana. You know that's just. We, we can keep, we can leave that one off. We're okay. We don't have to recap the week for baseball for Baylor. Uh, there's some things I, I like Mitch Thompson. I do. I know a lot of people don't. There are a lot of people who already want to win. Uh, Mitch being the local Waco guy who won at MCC the way he did, we'll have to adjust. And, and I hope that he can get there by mid season this year. Otherwise the train could fully derail. So for Baylor, I don't have a lot of high expectations, but looking around the conference, I do for teams like TCU. I think that TCU squad has Omaha once again written all over it, which they are no stranger to. TCU is, has built one of the best programs in college baseball in the last two decades, and that's not going to stop um, tough to tell with a team like UCF or Houston. Both of them are winning games, but you look and say, ah, how sustainable is that? But a Texas, a Texas Tech both of those squads, especially Tim Tadlock's group, will be good in Big 12 play. I see Texas Tech, TCU, uh, and and really Texas right now being my early picks as sneaky teams to get to Omaha. But don't count out Kansas State, Oklahoma State, or West Virginia in what they can do down the stretch. And Oklahoma is always scary late. I, I just I love the depth of Big 12 baseball, and it's going to be a, a hell of a spring. Drake Toll with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And I'm going to spin you another direction as well, Drake. Spring football is just a few days away from a lot of the Big 12 teams. Who needs the best spring out of the Big 12 teams right now, in your opinion? You know, honestly, Ward, I I know that based on the resume and based on his Texas ties, you've got to be a big Willie Fritz guy, and I am. I, I think Willie Fritz is someone who's proven at every level that he wins and he does it the right way. I, I, maybe I'm a, I'm, I'm a sicko or even a, just a traditionalist for saying this. I like seeing a coach that walks in a program and goes three and nine, then six and six, then 10 and two. I love the progression because you see these teams like TCU and Sonny Dykes who go to a national championship in year one, and then there's regression. I like what Willie Fritz is able to build. I think he's going to have to have a big spring to solidify himself in the Big 12 because it's tough. You know, the way he started at Tulane was slow. He, he's going to have to go fast track it a little bit for Chris Pesman and company down there. Uh, so I, I look for, for Willie Fritz to have a big spring. I think BYU is going to have to hit the portal again in the spring. Baylor will have to hit the portal in the spring. One of the big things that I circle is who of these teams, who of these teams fixed the boo-boos? TCU did. They went to the portal. They got guys. Arizona State did. 
Cincinnati did an okay job of going to the portal. UCF, those are the schools that said, hey, last year's result was not good enough. We have to attack the portal. Baylor is currently ranked ninth in the Big 12 in the transfer portal rankings, and that that's just not good enough for a team that wants to compete or has to compete to keep its head coach. Ward, I don't care that Kansas State and Iowa State and West Virginia and Oklahoma State are low on the totem pole in transfer portal rankings. They didn't need attrition. They want to win with the guys they have. Baylor could not win with the guys it had. They need to have a big portal spring. I think BYU and Houston are also in that same boat. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Joey McGuire and his, you know, his, his transition to being a head coach out west. How, how do you see his spring lining up right now? I, oh, Joey McGuire is the one that I that I struggle with the most because I think he is the most dangerous head coach in the Big 12. You would ask me, who's the guy in five years who has the best opportunity as a head man to hoist a national championship trophy, which we haven't seen the Big 12 or any current members in the Big 12 do in decades. I think Joey McGuire is that guy. At the very same time, you have to see the on-field results. Uh, he is not, and please hear me out. He is not Chad Morris in the slightest. The high school football coach turned head coach in the Power Five who tanked despite great recruiting numbers. But there's a bad taste in people's mouth after seeing the Chad Morris experiment. He goes to Arkansas, has top 25 recruiting classes, is tearing it up, flies the helicopter on the high school football field, and was so focused on that he couldn't win on the field. I think that McGuire with Kitley has built a staff to win in Lubbock but you're going to have to do it now. The way that he won in year one was great. He beat Texas. And then in year two, he got slammed by Texas. It, it's a guy that uh, when you build up right now the, the hype and then regress immediately, you're going to have people that start asking questions about how you're forming this, this program. I have no doubt that Joy McGuire can recruit with the best of them. I think he's the best recruiter in the Big 12, has the best upside in the Big 12. However, if you cannot show it to me on the field with wins, I can't buy yet. Drake Toe, Locked On Big 12, with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Appreciate your time, Drake. And, and again, the Savannah Bananas and Party Animals, how much fun are you having? I shook John Cena's hand last week, and Nick Swisher <laughs> gave me a hug. I, that, there's not much better than that in the entire world. <laughs> Drake, we appreciate your time, man. Have a great time. Uh, enjoy the call, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Hey, little do you know, I'm always tuning in every midday to ESPN Central Texas to still get my fix, guys. I, I miss you all and, and happy to join anytime. Thank you, Drake. Appreciate you very much. There he goes, Drake Toll, voice of the Savannah Bananas and the Party Animals, and he does a great job on that. If you get a chance to check it out on YouTube, he, he was built for that job. <laughs> it's a like you you couldn't if you were saying what would be the perfect job for Drake Toll, it would have been that, and he got it. He knocks it out of the it's park. Amazing, knocks it out of the park every night. Coming up next, she's back. Come join us live from Rudy's this Thursday for the Baylor Coaches Show. Join us Thursday live from Rudy's and hear from track and field head coach Michael Ford and basketball head coach Scott Drew. The Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday from 6 till 7 p.m. is with John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. It's the time of year to enjoy life. Stop letting that pain in your joints keep you from doing what you want to do this spring. It is Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. Call QC Kinetics now. 
QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. I'm talking lasting joint pain relief with no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. Pro athletes have been doing this for decades, but now this life-changing treatment is available for you. So you can walk and run and climb stairs, play golf, play tennis, move again, pain-free. QC Kinetics has tens of thousands of satisfied patients who have reclaimed their mobility. Call QC Kinetics for a free consultation. Call 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100. Save big on your next pre-owned car or truck at Richard Carr. Well-qualified buyers can get a pre-owned 2021 Nissan Versa for $196 a month or a pre-owned 2021 Buick Encore for $286 a month or a pre-owned 2018 Chevy Silverado for $360 a month. 100 thoroughly inspected pre-owned vehicles are on the lot and priced to sell. 100% approval is always our goal. Call, log on, or get here now for the New Year New Ride pre-owned savings event at Richard Carr. Richard Carr, we give you more. Just like any good coach, we are recruiting new members. I'm Joe Betsy Tyler, president of First Central Credit Union, offering personal signing bonuses like free reward checking, refunds on ATMs nationwide, direct deposit available up to two days early, and jumbo rate CDs. It's time to sign with the winner. Go online at firstcentralcu.com or try First Central's free mobile app. Member NCUA. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Spring is right around the corner, and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old windows before the hot weather gets here. Call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows, and they've been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for years. There's finance options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. That's UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. Or call 254-301-7760. And be sure to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Where are they at? Um, I thought they were right here. A lot of truck owners are wondering what happened. This is where I came last time. What happened to them? Some are getting worried. What's your emergency? I can't find them. They're not here. We get it. For 26 years, Pickup Outfitters has been battling truck nudity from our comfy little spot on Lake Air Drive. But we needed more space, and we wanted our customers to have better parking and to be more comfortable. So just like our customers upgrading their truck, we upgraded our location at Pickup Outfitters. Our new location is right there on Waco Drive, just a half mile from our old location, 4535 West Waco Drive, in between the old Richie's Western Wear and D'Amore Jewelers. So if you need a new bed cover, steps, bumper, winch, anything for your truck, come see us at the brand new Pickup Outfitters, 4535 West Waco Drive. Check us out online at createacommotion.com. 
Time now for Stephanie Sports Talk, a look at sports through the eyes of Stephanie, as only she could do with the Googles. Presented by Advanced Leveling House and Foundation Repair, Epperson Tractor, La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina, Mosby's Land Management, Stiefel Investments, Volkswagen of Waco. She's back. Ta-da. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I did that. That was that. nice, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Ta-da. And there you are. <laughs> Not a lot of fanfare on that one, but all okay, right. you know. Better than nothing. I got my few fans out there listening, and that was good, Aaron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so here we go. You ready? So what do you have today? Some fun facts about mm-hmm. March Madness. I noticed you didn't have any food for us today. <sighs> I'm busy, Ward. It's been a few weeks since we had it. Yeah, it's been a while since we had any. There was a random taco Thursday, yeah. Okay, well, I'll have to get on it. I'll have to get on it. Um, Okay, so, you know, we're just a few weeks away from March Madness. Yes, we are. Which I love. I do, too. I love it. So, I went through the Googles. Imagine that. Mm -hmm, And I found some fun facts. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Here we go. The first NCAA men's basketball tournament took place in 1939. Really? There were only eight teams in the tournament, hmm. and they divided it between the East and the West. Okay. Okay. Now, here are the four teams that were on the East side. Brown University, mm-hmm. Ohio State, okay. Villanova, mm-hmm. Wake Forest. Okay. The West was Oklahoma, really? uh-huh, Oregon, mm-hmm. Texas, well. and Utah State. And the All final right. two was Oregon against Ohio, and Oregon beat Ohio 46-33. to 33. Isn't that interesting? That was the score of the championship game. Of the championship game. 46-33. to 33. Which tells me there was a lot of defense going on. Or, well, a lot of, or a lot of missed baskets. Probably both. more of the latter or both, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, very low scoring. <laughs> yeah. It's a different game back then, right? Exactly. Okay. that? I know. The term March Madness was used in 1982 by sportscaster Brent Musburger. Remember him? Yes, I do. One of my favorites. Uh He's still one of my favorites. Uh I wish he was still doing it. He's doing like a gambling tout thing. He's he's mostly mostly retired. I mean, I get it. He retired from since he did the Raiders. Yeah, he was just so great. Three years ago? Mm, maybe two or three years ago, something I think. Like that. Yeah, I want to say three years ago, but he's got that voice that's just distinctive. Oh yeah, and I, you know, we, and he can do anything. I grew anything. up watching him on the CBS games, mm-hmm. which when we were kids was the NFC, but now it's the AFC. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he kept using it. He kept using the term March Madness back in 1982. That it just became part of what everybody called the tournament. So mm-hmm. um, then in 1978. Uh, NCAA began using the term Final Four, and they officially adopted it and trademarked it back then. Did not know that. So, the Final what Four is that, trademark- you said? I'm sorry. Uh, 1978. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. So, the word Final Four was trademarked by the NCAA back then. Kind of interesting, right? Yeah, I, I would have thought it had been well before that. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I think we all forget that it took so long for the NCAA tournament to surpass the NIT because mm-hmm. all our lives has just been the NCAA and the NIT's been a secondary kind of thing. Right. Right. Okay, before 1985, there were only 50, 53 teams in the tournament. And, not, um, and then in 1985, they changed it to 64. And they did that so more teams could be involved mm-hmm. and so the fans could enjoy it as well. 
And so they can make more money with another Absolutely. day of basketball. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's get it straight. Okay. <laughs> UCLA has won the most championships, 11 championships total. 10 came from a 12-year run from 1964 to 1975. Did not know that. Okay. Kentucky comes in at second with eight titles. Mm-hmm. North Carolina, six. And, of course, my favorite, Duke, five. Interesting. Okay. okay. Why is Duke your favorite? I just like Coach K. Okay, fair enough. Nothing and, wrong with that. And they have pretty uniforms. Just <laughs> I knew that was coming. Blues in my color will. Uh, but no, I just I have mad respect towards Coach K. Okay. So, um, in 2017, UNC was the first team to make 20 Final Fours. Isn't that 20. weird? 20. They made 20, but they didn't win 20. Well, I know they didn't win. I didn't yeah. realize they'd been in the Final Four 20, 20 times. 20 times, yeah. That's, Crazy, right? That's pretty good. BYU holds the record for the most tournament appearances without making the Final Four. They have appeared 30 times. 30 times. Really? Yeah, that's like half my life. <laughs> Not touching that. <laughs> Did you know, and Aaron probably will know this, NBC first began broadcasting the Final Four in 1969. And then CBS took over and had the rights to it. Interesting. How about that? Mm-hmm. Okay, just a few more. The NCAA Division One Women's Basketball Tournament was inaugurated in 1981 and 82 season. Interesting. Really? Yeah, before that it was the A... A-I-W-A. A-I-W-A, yes. Uh-huh. A-I-W-A, yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting, right? How about that? Mm-hmm. And in 2016, the Women's Championship game was moved to the Tuesday following the Monday Night Men's Championship game. Mm-hmm. And, but in the old days, I guess, when it's... The old days. Well, <laughs> in the past. <laughs> I wish people would see my expression. <laughs> I'm waiting for something to come out of your mouth. Uh, but before that, the women's final was always played the weekend before the men's. Okay. So now they're basically a week later. All so right. in 2021, the entire NCAA tournament was played in Texas. Did you know that? Yes. I guess I don't remember that. Yeah, the COVID, with COVID, guess, they just yeah, kept everything right. as close as they could. And Texas is big enough with enough facilities yes. to do it. Most of them were played in San Antonio, some in Austin, some mm-hmm. in San Marcos. Right. So that's pretty cool. So, how about that? And I wouldn't be opposed as it as it. You had a bigger piece of the tournament at one location where you could go watch it all. But I get it why you have to have it at region areas. So I, I do get that. But that was a pretty cool deal. Mm-hmm. Although you couldn't go watch it in person, but to have them all centrally located mm-hmm. was pretty That's cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay, get this. Kentucky has made the tournament 59 times. 59? 59 times. North Carolina, 52 times. While Kansas has 50 and UCLA, 49 times. Wow. So that just goes to show you they got some pretty good basketball programs going on at those schools. (laughs) You think? (laughs) All right. (laughs) And lastly, no one has ever gotten a perfect bracket. No one. No, I can believe that. Mine will be wrecked that's on why Thursday. They, that's why they always offer those big bucks and that even big. It's gotten even bigger. It used to be a million. Now they're they offer ten it, million or what? It doesn't silly. matter. Nobody's, nobody's ever going to win no. it. I mean, the odds are just astronomical. Nobody's going to no no have a perfect I don't bracket. Think it'll ever happen? 
I don't think so either. I mean, if too you, many factors, there's it's like one in like twenty trillion or something that you have a chance of getting a perfect twenty trillion. Well, I just made that number up, but no it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead. Google that real quick. Like, many, I mean, what are your chances? How many teams from Texas has won a national championship? Well, I know Baylor and UT have. No, UT has not. UT has not. Well, oh, they've know. gone to the Final Four. They've gone to the Final Four, but, but they've they never won, won a national championship. Well, Baylor has, I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Tech? No. No. Nope. They almost should have won, but they made the finals four they years ago. They made the finals. I know that. They made About the four finals. Four or five years ago. Yeah, they made the finals five years ago. Okay. Um, it was, uh, I mean, it's Baylor and um, UTEP now. But yes. What was it Texas then? Western. Texas Western. Yeah. 1966. Okay. The odds of having a perfect bracket. Wow. <laughs> Am I close to a trillion? Uh, no, you're not. Okay. <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more than that. Oh, it see? is. See? Can you even pronounce it? What comes after a trillion? Zillion? I'm trying to th- find the, the wording for it because there's so many zeros. It's. Just say a lot of zeros. I was right. One in. It's one in 9.2. Quintillion, whatever that quintillion. is. What is quintillion? I don't know. That is way over my head. I, I, these numbers are too big for Shocking. me to comprehend. Like actually, a billion is probably too big for us to comprehend. But we just hear it so much. But yeah, it, it's basically it will never happen in the next. If that tournament goes on the next million years, it'll still probably never happen. Well, wow. I had a, I've never even heard that word quintillion. Did I learn that in school and just didn't comprehend it, or what? Did you learn that word in school? No. Okay, so someone's just making that up and putting it on the Googles. Well, I'm sure that that's a real <laughs> number. It's just. Oh, that's a lot of zeros. You don't get to it. 30 zeros. 30. 30 zeros. Oh, eight. Let's see. Jerry Jones isn't even yeah. worth that much. I wouldn't bet on it. You think he's worth quinzillions? I don't know. <laughs> there, okay, here it is. Okay. <laughs> this, Let is it gonna, up. this is even more mind blowing. Okay. There are a billion billions in a quintillion. So well, try to com- try to try to wrap your mind like around 30 that. Thirty billion in a quintillion, maybe. No, there was a billion billions in a quintillion. A bi- There's a billion. A billion times a billion. So I bet that's more money than's in the world. Of course mm. it is. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's a lot of zeros. It is. Oh, there you go. That's right. your sports talk for you okay? today. I I don't even know how to. I'm gonna have to look see how you even spell that word. <laughs> I've never even heard that I, word in my life. I'm just going to go out on a limb. You'll never need it. True. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Baylor Bear Basketball, all season long, here on ESPN Central Texas. It's Big Monday for Baylor and TCU from Fort Worth. 7.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 8 p.m. tip-off Monday. Join Baylor Athletics Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris, for Baylor Bear Basketball, right here on ESPN Central Texas. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. 
experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. It's time now for The Naked Truck. The ongoing saga of the battle to end truck nudity presented by Pickup Outfitters. In this episode, Chuck has a heart-to-heart with Bubba. Hey, Chuck, you said you needed to talk to me? Remember when we said we'd never be afraid to tell each other anything? Yeah, we was pretty turnt, but I remember. Well, I need to come out and tell you this. Listen, you don't need to come out. You know I'm with Becky. Wait, what? No, this is about you. Me? Yes, Bubba, you're squatting and swaying. Me? When you pull your trailer, yes, you. But I got an HD truck. It don't matter. You still need a weight distribution hitch. I thought I had it handled. It's not safe to pull that much weight without a distribution hitch. You're a good friend. Now get over to Pickup Outfitters and get fixed up. I will. Will Bubba gain control of his trailer? Will Chuck reveal his true feelings for Bubba? Wait, what? No. Tune in again for the continuing saga of The Naked Truck. Brought to you by Pickup Outfitters of Waco. Your home for the world champion Texas Rangers. ESPN Central Texas. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Spring is right around the corner, and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old windows before the hot weather gets here. Call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows, and they've been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for years. There's finance options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. That's UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. Or call 254-301-7760. And be sure to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's my own. From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Alan Samuels Studios. Little Monday vibe for you. <laughs> You're on the press box <laughs> on ESPN Central Texas. Top 25 is out in the uh, men's college basketball and for the first time the houston cougars are sitting atop men's basketball at number one after that win over the baylor bears on saturday in the foster 
Purdue at two, UConn at three, Tennessee at four, Marquette at five, Arizona six, Kansas is up two spots to number seven. Iowa State sits right behind them at eight, and North Carolina at nine, and Duke at ten. Other teams in the Big 12 hanging around the top 25. Baylor drops down four spots to number 15 uh, today, and that is the entire case for the Big 12. A few less teams in the Big 12 in the top 25, but Houston being a top for the first time this season stretch just kind of solidifies what we were talking about a little bit earlier. This Houston Cougar basketball team is very good and in big part due to the defense they play. Uh, yeah, they're, 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 they're for real. And like you said, I mean, when, when they, if they have an off night from an offensive standpoint, they're going to, they're going to beat you on the boards. They're going to beat you up defensively. They're going to, they're, they're going to try to win those loose balls. So, uh, I could I can feel right now Mattress Mac going down and making him a big bet <laughs> and saying, you know what, I, I, if uh, you can come in and get yourself five grand worth of furniture, and if U of H wins a national championship, it's free. You don't owe me anything. I, I, I love how he kind of – I love how he postures that bet. You know, I, I, there's something about that that just kind of – it just kind of – warms my heart a little bit to know a guy number one that loves horse racing nobody loves horse racing as much as i do but then he's not afraid to he's not afraid to bet on his hometown houston whether it be astros u of h you know u of h basketball he's he's he stepped up so i could uh I, I could use i could use some new furniture right now it might, <laughs> might be one of those years to gamble with him ward might be. I think they're a Final Four team. Now, when you get to the Final Four, in my opinion, in this tournament, and I think in this tournament anything can happen on any given night. It's just the way this tournament is, and that's the greatness of the NCAA tournament. That's why everybody takes off on Thursday and, and goes to their favorite watering hole or favorite wherever they want to go and meet with their friends and, and watch basketball Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that first weekend. It's just so much fun, and again – Anything can happen, but I just think that they play such good defense that they're, in my mind right now, a Final Four team. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you, but it certainly doesn't feel like Final Four. Uh, it doesn't even feel like we're getting close to the Final Four when it's 90 degrees out like it is right now. Oh, I know. I, I agree with you I can't 100%. even put the two together. <laughs> it's unbelievable where we are at at the end of February on the 26th, and it is 90 degrees outside right now, and I don't get it. And I, I, I'll i be honest with you, I don't like it either. I love it. I know you <laughs> Me do. And Glenn are on the same page on this one. I Boy, I, I love I do I, love it. I, I changed my I schedule like, today. That's exactly the hotter the better that, that that's how i feel about it when it's when it when everybody else thinks it's too hot that's when it's just right for old stretch i mean it's right up my alley i'm 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 all about it i'm, I'm all we, about i hope we get the march or april snow that's what i'm hoping for well you you live in the wrong state i'm afraid <laughs> warden yeah I, I've, I've seen I, it uh, it's happened here before Oh, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying that it can't happen. I'm saying if if you want the March or April, if if you really want that, 
you know, you, you, I lived in Illinois and coached in Illinois for four years, and I was miserable with it, and I saw it <laughs> snow up there every year. Last year, I coached in the USFL, and we were in Ann Arbor, and I saw it snow its ever-loving oh. rear end off in, in, in March and April. I never want to see it again. <laughs> I'm talking about never, never. It does not nothing for me. Big Monday coming up tonight. West Virginia at Kansas State. Big game for both of those teams. Probably more big for Kansas State. And then number 15, Baylor at uh, TCU tonight, 8 o'clock. You can hear that game right here on ESPN Central Texas. And the Bears pregame show with J-Mo will start at 7.30. Men's college basketball over the weekend saw some upsets and saw some things that it's just not not good for college basketball and i i think that there's probably going to be some repercussions about it and i'm talking about the fans storming the court players getting hurt and now people are saying we've we've got to be able to do something about this i i don't i don't know how you do but it's it does look like it's a a dangerous situation, Stretch. Yeah, when when you know, and, and I could see, you, you know, <clears throat> I can see both sides of this ward. I mean, I can see when you know you're on a college campus and kids get excited and you know want to want want to storm the court. It's like when they storm the field. It's just so much different from a basketball standpoint because it's such a confined area, but. When it becomes dangerous, and then guys start getting hurt, uh, I, th- I, th- I think you're going to see. I, th- I think you're going to see different schools take different uh, security precautions, and uh, you know, I I don't always like that. I, I, I like the feel of those fans being right on top of you. I like having that, but you you know, you got to give the players an ability to get off and uh, get off the floor after the game and. And uh, anytime you get that many people in that condensed area, somebody's going to get stepped on, somebody's going to fall, somebody's going to fall the wrong way, and, and we know where all that leads to. Well, this is all coming up because of the Wake Forest being able to storm the court after uh, they beat Duke and a Duke center who appeared to suffer a right leg injury uh, because of it. I, I – I get it. I, you don't want your players to to get hurt. How about if we just hold off and say, because I look, they're college kids. They deserve to have some fun. They deserve to be part of it, and they're a big part of the home crowd. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But how about we just hold them off until we get at least the visiting team off the court, and then have at it. <laughs> they're not, they're not, that's part of the deal. They want they want to storm it whenever they want to storm it. So I, I, I uh, I'm not sure. How, I'm not sure how you're going to control that scenario. Yeah, it's, I don't it's gonna have to I really be, don't. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a little uh, it's a little disturbing, a little scary, and and anytime guys are getting hurt, that's just you can't be a fan of that. I don't care which team you're rooting on. More than half the NCAA Division One conferences said they either have no policy on court storming or that their crowd control approach covers storming without specifically mentioning it. Uh, so, I mean, a, a lot of conferences don't have anything about this situation. Now, the Big 12 is one of the conferences that does out of the 11. And so they have it in place. But even if you have it in place, I'm not sure that 
as you said just a minute ago, you can stop it. And really, a lot of these are just, well, you'll get fined if you do. They don't care. They have no (laughs) care that they're going to get fined. They they put out, the SEC put out 3.9 million in fines on schools in the past 20 years. 3.9. That's what a, do they do that, with that? What do they do with that money? Do I, you I have don't any know. Idea? I guess it goes into a into the conference, and I, I don't I don't know what you do with it. I mean, do you split <laughs> it up between the other teams that got stormed on, or I mean, what is the purpose? I, I don't know what you do with know. it. I, I don't I don't know either. I know what if 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 I if I got that big of a fine, I'd I'd I'd, I'd, I'd do it once, and that'd be it. I'd cure me. That's it's uh that's a. Uh, that's a big number. That is a big number. I'd like to know what they do with that money. I'd like to. I'd like to. I'd like to be the agent for that money. You know what I mean? Just have a little percentage of it. Yeah. If for the Big Twelve, fines are implemented when safety of a game participants are compromised, and all court field storming incidents are reviewed to determine the safe passage was provided for visiting team players, personnel, and game officials before they exit. So, I mean, yeah, the Big Twelve has has a policy in place but it doesn't sound like it's a very strict one ucf was slapped with a twenty-five thousand dollar fine first january 10th court storming following the men's basketball victory over number three kansas so twenty-five thousand for ucf in their court storming and it seems like that nobody else has got a fine out of the big 12 so it's kind of well if you wait for the like i said if you wait for the teams to dissipate and get to the locker rooms and the officials to get off the floor come on come on down and have some fun <laughs> Give it to me again. Court storming? Court storming <laughs> or field storming. So you can't do I it like, on the football field either. Uh, well, I, it just sounds a little better when you give it the court, court storming. That sounds like cause it's, it's, I'm not sure what that sounds like. I'm I, I, I'm trying to draw the visual picture. <laughs> this is the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Coming up next, Stephen Simcox, Locked On Horn Frogs, will preview that Baylor. And TCU game coming up tonight. Also, maybe talk a little uh, TCU baseball as they're starting the season off hot as well. That's coming up next on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Bear Baseball, all season long with Derek Smith and Tom Barfield on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Baseball home again at Baylor Ballpark Wednesday, hosting Abilene Christian. 3.45 for the warm-up show. It's a 4 p.m. first pitch for Baylor Baseball Wednesday. Follow the Bears all season long here on the home of Baylor Baseball, ESPN Central Texas. Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations, same great quality, same great prices, two great locations, Gatesville in Marlin. Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection, metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need. Commitment to quality and customer satisfaction, we strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. Paparola's Pizza, Waco's oldest family-owned pizzeria, with two locations to serve you better, Valley Mills Drive and Hewitt Drive. Come down in for a unique experience or use their convenient drive-thru on the way home. Order online at paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. That's paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. Paparolos, voted the best pizza in Waco. 
Hey, when you get that tax refund check, don't blow it. Shop the big trade-in day salesman happening right now at the all-new Volkswagen of Waco. Come on. Tax time, car time. And we've got a great selection of brand spanking new Volkswagen Taos, Jetta, Tiguan, lots more. Easy credit, and we're paying top dollar for trades. It's happening right now. Trade-in days at Volkswagen of Waco and VolkswagenWaco.com. Hey, look, it's a better place. It's a better way to buy a car. The Big 12 Shootaround, weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas. It's time now for The Naked Truck. The ongoing saga of the battle to end truck nudity, presented by Pickup Outfitters. In this episode, Chuck has a heart-to-heart with Bubba. Hey, Chuck, you said you needed to talk to me? Remember when we said we'd never be afraid to tell each other anything? Yeah, we was pretty turnt, but I remember. Well, I need to come out and tell you this. Listen, you don't need to come out. You know I'm with Becky. Wait, what? No, this is about you. Me? Yes, Bubba, you're squatting and swaying. Me? When you pull your trailer, yes, you. But I got an HD truck. It don't matter. You still need a weight distribution hitch. I thought I had it handled. It's not safe to pull that much weight without a distribution hitch. You're a good friend. Now get over to Pickup Outfitters and get fixed up. I will. Will Bubba gain control of his trailer? Will Chuck reveal his true feelings for Bubba? Wait, what? No. Tune in again for the continuing saga of The Naked Truck. Brought to you by Pickup Outfitters of Waco. Don't miss the all-new Belton Premier Gun Show at the Bell County Expo Center this weekend only. Hundreds of tables of guns, knives, ammo, and accessories. Whether a first-time buyer or looking for that special piece to add to your gun, knife, or military collection, they have what you're looking for. Visit their website, BeltonGunShow.com, or call 817-732-1194. The Belton Premier Gun Show at the Bell County Expo Center this weekend only. Steve Myatt, a Stiefel Financial Advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel Financial Advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450 to schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSC. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas, here on this big Monday as Baylor gets ready to travel to Fort Worth to taste on the TCU Horn Frogs. And joining us now from Locked On Horn Frogs, excuse me, Stephen Simcox. And Stephen, how are we doing on this Monday? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Appreciate you uh, taking some time to spend with us here in the press box. And right now, it's uh, TCU, Baylor, and Texas Tech all sitting tied in that fourth spot in the Big 12. And are you a little bit surprised how TCU's been able to kind of just hang on through this last half of the Big 12 schedule? Somewhat. I mean, honestly, I feel like this is one of Jamie's better coaching jobs. You know, mm-hmm. this team has some depth. They have talent, but I don't really feel like they have a go-to scorey. Mike Miles left after last season is now playing in the G League, uh, trying to work his way to the NBA. But he was such a huge part of their offense the last few seasons. Uh, they also lost Damian Ball, who handled the ball a lot. So they refilled in the portal and did a nice job acquiring some guys, Emmanuel Miller and Micah Peavy are some players who have uh, been within the program for a while and have also stepped up for them. But 
they just kind of found a way to win the games they've had to have. You know, they had a missed opportunity against Tech last week. We're up by 10 points, about six minutes left, and just couldn't close it out in Lubbock. But they bounced back in one sat- and won on Saturday against Cincinnati. So I feel like that's been the biggest story is just the resiliency. You know, they've had some losses that were tough and that looked like uh, it could lead to a losing streak, but they haven't really let that beat them down to the point where, um, you know, they – lose two or three in a row so they've hung around 500 this would be a a big win if they could pull it off and get the series sweep over Baylor um, just because it's a nice resume builder and even though it feels like they're firmly in the tournament right now they're still kind of projected to be in that seven to nine seed range which um, makes your first and second round matchups pretty tough you talk about the coach Dixon and the job he's done how do you think he's kind of navigated his basketball team through this season and initially preseason he they weren't ranked to be that good do you really think it's just coaching or do you think it's how he's managed his roster well stretch i mean he said before the year he thought they were nine or ten deep and i kind of i rolled my eyes when i heard that because i just don't know if some of these guys are going to be playing significant minutes but you know we're sitting here in late february and they're still finding ways uh to trot out an eight or nine man rotation on any given night so I talked about kind of the, the go-to score conundrum earlier. I think they've mitigated that by having different players step up. It's kind of who has the hot hand that they ride on offense. And this team, honestly, I think the surprising thing about this group is typically Jamie's teams, their identity is we're going to defend really well, rebound the ball, kind of make games ugly. Um, and this is a different group. I feel like they've improved a lot on the defensive side of the floor, but that hasn't been their strength. And so he's sort of, uh, worked backwards and that this team is led with their scoring and that as the season is, has progressed, they've gotten better at kind of taking pride on the defensive end, having better communications, having better rotations, uh, holding teams, you know, under 70 points in, in some instances. They held Cincinnati to 57 on Saturday. So uh, I think that aspect of it's improved. Um, I do feel like he's done a nice job of not getting caught up in we have to have one guy we run the offense through. He's kind of been pretty flexible about, all right, let's let's spread the ball around. Let's just see who's got the hot hand on any given night. They they like to run. You know, they like to get up and down the floor and um, exploit points in transition if they can. So that's been a huge part of what they've done as well. So I feel like it's a mix. You know, I think he's done a nice job of kind of setting the course for them. And um, at the same time, the players have stepped up and, and executed that vision uh, really well to the, to the place they are now, which is, you know, top four in the Big 12, at least for the moment. But that can change in a hurry if you uh, drop a few games here down the stretch. Stephen Simcox locked on Horn Frogs with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And the Frogs have a couple more opportunities for Q1 wins coming up. And one of them is against Baylor tonight. How much will that vault them into the Big 12 tournament if they can get both of those Q1 wins and have the opportunity to better position themselves going into the Big 12 tournament and not have to rely on what they do in the Big 12 tournament quite as much? I think it's a big deal. I mean, as far as the Big 12 tournament goes, with the expanded, not really the expanded field, but just having more teams involved, if you're in the top four seeds, then you get two, you know, two buys. Your first and second round games are essentially you're, you're sitting at home or sitting on Kansas City watching. Um, so that gives you a chance to rest your legs. And I think, yeah, Ward, it takes some of the pressure off. You don't feel like you have to go win two or three games to make the tournament. You, you feel like you're in a good situation, in a good spot. Um, I will say it's been interesting to me 
I think uh, CBS Sports has him as a six seed in the NCAA right now, but Joe Lenardi still has him as a nine. And TCU's non-conference schedule was uh, it was bad. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They played <laughs> a lot of teams that they that they should have beat. It was a lot of glorified scrimmages against uh, teams that they cruised against. But you know, I just feel like the Big Twelve is head and shoulders the best basketball league in America. If you are hanging around 500 in this conference then you deserve to be on the five or six line. So I'm kind of shocked they haven't gotten more respect in that regard. But, Ward, to your point, I mean, one of these games will help with that. It helps maybe you get to rest your legs a little bit more in Kansas City uh, or take some pressure off uh, off the team to where you want to win, but maybe you feel like you can experiment a little bit more going into the postseason on, hey, can we try some different lineups? Can we try some different things um, to see if something works for us before we hit the, the stretch run of March? So, there's a lot of good, um, you know, opportunities here. If they can find a way to get a win, win against Baylor. And then you turn around, you play BYU on Saturday on the road. Nobody's really had much luck in Provo. So if you drop the next two, suddenly you're, you're sitting at 500 again in conference play. Uh, so you just have to find it. I mean, it's tough. Baylor's a great team, but it's, it's one of those where coming off a quick turnaround like this, uh, it feels like a really important game for TCU to find a way to get a victory. And I think that's where I was going with it, Stephen, with with Baylor having to have such a, you know, really quick trying to get themselves back in the game and expending all that energy uh, Saturday against Houston, going to, going to OT and doing what they do. It almost feels like, to me, this feels like a, 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 a need, not a must win, for TCU, mm-hmm. but a need win TCU with a team that could be tired and coming into Fort Worth, you know, feeling the effects of what happened Saturday uh, in Waco. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, Houston's such a physical team. They play so hard. And you're right, Stretch. I think Baylor extended a lot of energy in the second half of that ball game, making it a game. And they did a heck of a job tying that ball game up. I ended up falling in overtime, but. It's it was probably also a really emotional game. Now I think one interesting aspect of this too is Baylor's lost two in a row, so their desperation level is going to be pretty high. Uh, but it's a big opportunity for the Frogs, and you know, is it a must-win? No, but it's one of those that like if you're going to be a team that that makes a run here late in the season, um, that is at the top of the Big 12, then it feels like a game at home. You should find a way to take care of business. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but I do think like. You want to come out with a lot of energy and put pressure on Baylor, you know, to to have to make another comeback with everything they went through against uh, the Cougars on Saturday and the lead up to that game, you know, being a huge deal on CBS at 11 a.m. Um, you might see a Baylor team with some tired legs coming into Fort Worth tonight, and it's up to TCU whether or not that's going to be a huge advantage for them or not. Stephen, the Frogs lead the nation with 19.5 fast-break points per game, and that that's a lot of fast-break points. Is that because of they're getting the job done on the rebounds, or is it that press that they're breaking at half court and getting that transition bucket from that? They do a nice job of forcing turnovers, and they're always looking to run. I, I mean, for whatever reason, it, it's just kind of the, the type of player that Jamie recruits. He's had a lot of guys, whether it was at Pitt or now at TCU, that are athletic and that can run, especially as guards, but aren't necessarily great shooters. So it makes it tough sometimes for them in the half court to execute, you know, late in games um, or, or just in half court situations in general. So I think he's, he's sort of changed his, um, 
his identity on offense to, all right, if we can run, let's get out and run and try to get, you know, looks early in the shot clock with guys like Micah Peavy and Avery Anderson and Jameer Nelson Jr. who can push the pace. And so they, they try to do that. And it, it's really, I mean, they force turnovers, but it's also off rebounds and even off some uh, makes by the other team. You're just heads immediately going up and you're looking down the floor because if you can find a way to get some early offense going, then that's really where they thrive. Uh, and it's just tougher for them to score once the defense gets set. And that's true for everybody, but I think especially this team with some of the limitations they have um, shooting-wise. So they, they try to get out there and get efficient looks and easy buckets early in the shot clock. Um, and they've been really good at doing it because of the athleticism and the way that they push the pace. 90-degree today, a 90-degree day today here in Central Texas. Let's talk a little baseball, Stephen. Uh, Frogs. Uh, you see them being a, a team that's going to contend for the for, for the league championship this year, and, and how do you see the the transition that they've made since really since Schlossnagel has left to to the direction that the baseball program is going right now at TCU? The transition's been pretty seamless, and, and they kind of banked on that. I mean, they hired Kirk Sarlouis, who was a longtime pitching coach under Jim Schlossnagel, so they didn't really lose. I mean, when when Jim left. There wasn't a mass exodus of players. They didn't have a lot of guys at the transfer portal. They pretty much kept that core intact. Of course, now it's been a few years, so he's recruited his own guys as well. But I, I definitely think this team should and will contend for a Big 12 title. You know, they've jumped out to a 7-0 start. Now, I mean, it's baseball. It's a, it's a long season. But they played some pretty good competition. They swept Florida Gulf Coast, uh, who won 40 games last year. And then they swept UCLA this weekend, who – at least at the moment, was was ranked in the top 20. They fell out of the top 25 after uh, getting beat this weekend. But uh, the pitching has been pretty solid so far, especially their bullpen, their starters. I think they're still rounding into form. Um, They went and got Peyton Tole, who's a a transfer from Wichita State. He pitches on Friday night. He's also their designated hitter on days that he doesn't pitch because he can mash as well. Um, And their lineup has been really salty so far. Uh, Curtis Byrne is a guy that's come back. He's a catcher and a first baseman. He's hit a couple home runs. Uh, they got Peyton Chantier from Old Miss, a transfer who's done a great job for them in the leadoff spot. They've got speed. They've got power. They've been making a, a lot of solid contact. So I, I think they're in a really good spot. Now, all their games have been at home so far, and I feel like that's been helpful for sure. Um, they're going to play a few games at Globe Life this upcoming weekend against USC and Arizona State. And then conference play starts. So, I mean, it's, it's right around the corner uh, getting to the teeth of the schedule. But I think this team's really good. I mean, they're talented. Um, they've got a lot of arms. They feel like they can match up with uh, teams, both with their starting pitching and their bullpen. And so it's always tough to project these things. But, I mean, I think if this is not a group that is contending for a Big 12 title and at least making a super regional, then something's gone wrong and it would be a pretty big disappointment. Yeah, it doesn't hurt that you have first nine ball games at home right there in Fort Worth, and then you just have to travel what twenty minutes over to Arlington, and then you got to come back and finish your home schedule. So essentially, ten games to start the season at home in Fort Worth, and three on the road in Arlington. That, that's pretty good scheduling. Yeah, I'm not sure how they pulled that off. I mean, they haven't really <laughs> ducked anybody. Like they're playing, they're playing good competition, but they got UCLA to come out to Texas. Actually playing a couple of midweek games against Washington State and Arizona this week before going to Global Life, uh, so it's it's good competition. It seems that are going to be in the NCAA tournament, but they're all in the the friendly confines of Lupton. So 
I think their first two road series is in Lawrence, Kansas. That'll be interesting because you're right. I mean, they're not going to have to uh, go anywhere except for 20 minutes down the road on a bus for the first three weeks of the season. But it worked out pretty nicely. And, I mean, to their credit so far, they're taking care of business and taking advantage of that, uh, that good fortune. And talking, <clears throat> talking to Stephen Simcox, Stephen, uh, we just got finished with the high school signing day uh, first week there, Wednesday in February. How, how does Coach Dykes feel about the recruiting class and, and what they've been able to do uh, leading into spring football at TCU? I think they feel good about it, Stretch. I mean, you know, the guy that is getting the most headlines, Taz Haney, the quarterback from Alito, who had a great career there uh, and won a couple state titles. I, now, Sonny said, take this for his word, he said it's going to be an open quarterback competition. They got Josh Hoover, who started the last seven games of the year and put up some nice numbers, but it was a, a disappointing season for the Frogs from win-loss perspective. Um, and then they brought in a, a transfer quarterback, Ken Seals from Vandy, who's another local kid. Originally, he played his high school ball at, at Hazel, but um, he's coming in from Vandy after having a few starts there. So those three are going to uh, compete and see, you know, who comes out as the starter at the end of camp. I, I have a feeling it's going to be Josh Hoover, but Fields and, and Haney will at least get the chance to show what they can do. Um, so that's an interesting storyline at the quarterback position. I, I think here's my read on what they did recruiting-wise. You know, they were this 2024 class was coming off that national title appearance. Um, they were going after a lot of heavy hitters. You know, Bryant Wesco was a huge name. Their wide receiver ended up at Clemson, but they were in on him till the very end. Uh, and, and there were some other four- and five-star guys that they kind of took a shot at. And honestly, they struck out with a lot of those players. And then they sort of had to regroup. And I, I think a lot of the um, the young men they have coming in now, they're, they're not the highest from a rating or scouting perspective, but they feel good about how they found them and that they could be, you know, great developmental tools for them later on in the process. So uh, they're going heavy on the offensive line. I, that was the thing that Gary Patterson really struggled towards the end of his tenure on both sides of the ball in the trenches. They're trying to get that room back to a place where it's healthy again. Tobias Steps, um, an offensive tackle from Lancaster area, is, is one of the big names in that regard. But uh, I think they like what they did in the both in the transfer portal and in the high school ranks. But it's a new world with NIL stretch. You know, I mean that's that's honestly the the biggest <laughs> determining factor in a lot of these cases and whether or not you're winning these battles. And um, I think TCU is doing their best to keep up with schools across the country but uh it's you're fighting against the sec and everybody else for great kids in texas especially dfw so sunny dykes talked a lot about we got to try to build a fence around the metroplex challenges every school in the country is in the metroplex trying to get those players too so there's a lot of competition for the guys um that they're going after but overall I, i think they feel really good about you know where they're going as a program they need a bounce back year this season though or uh, or that seat's going to get hot, you know, after after such a promising first season, <laughs> things took a big turn in year two. Stephen Simcox locked on Horn Frogs with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And, Stephen, you talk about the transfer portal. We've talked about it a lot. You mentioned NIL. Do you think that it favors football more, baseball more, other sports, or is basketball probably the one that you can really see an immediate difference very rapidly more than any other sport. 
I mean, in basketball, you can definitely change over your starting lineup really quickly. I, I feel like it's really just about where you want to invest. I mean, if you if you want to be a school that invests in baseball and basketball, then you can turn over your roster in a hurry and get talent in there right away. Uh, but obviously, everybody's going to dedicate most of their resources to football. So I feel like that's the place where uh, it, it's harder to see the immediate impact. Um, and bottom line is I still feel like it's a mix of you have to recruit well in the high school ranks. And then the challenge is keeping those guys on campus. Cause if you get players that are talented and for whatever reason, it doesn't work out with them getting on the field then they might leave and go somewhere else. So uh, I don't envy these college coaches and all the different things that they have to kind of account for now with roster management. Um, but with basketball and baseball, I think there's some really good opportunities. If you, you know, if you want to be a school that excels there, if you're willing to invest in NIL, because you can, I mean, you can get your roster turned over in a hurry. And I think especially with basketball, we see teams that have new starting fives almost every season because of the ability to just kind of plug and play. And I mean, I guess if you're a coach, it is tempting to be like, well, instead of, uh, you know, tying everything to these high school kids, um, you can go get some players with experience and maybe that helps you in, in the win-loss column uh, at least faster. But if you want to have longevity, then you have to recruit both at both levels really well, which is a, a big challenge these days for college coaches. You talked you talked about the quarterback and the quarterback competition at TCU going into the spring. Uh, second year with uh, Kendall Browles as a coordinator. How, how do you think that transition last year from Coach Riley leaving to Kendall Browles coming in, how do you think that transition went, and how do you think that transition goes with these young quarterbacks that they've got coming in here? Well, I thought it would go better. You know, I think they they did really well putting up yardage and total offense numbers. They struggled in the red zone. They weren't very efficient scoring, um, especially scoring touchdowns, but even setting up Griffin Kell for some long field goal attempts that, that he missed. There were a lot of empty possessions. And, you know, obviously they're going fast. Like, that's, that's what Kendall wants to do. He sort of changed things at Arkansas. I would imagine that was mainly because Sam Pittman didn't want to, you know, run at that tempo all the time. Uh, but the thing about going fast is, if you have empty possessions and you're going three and out, then you're putting your defense in a tough situation. So they struggled to play complimentary football at times. Coach Dykes talked about that. Um, but offensively, I just feel like the big thing is you got to run the ball better and you have to find a way to score once you get in, you know, scoring territory, territory, excuse me, on the opposing side of the field in the red zone. So they've, they've reworked this offensive line. They brought in Bless Harris from Florida State. Uh, they brought in some guys, Carson Bruno from Law Tech and Cade Bennett from San Diego State, that have played a lot of snaps, albeit at the group of five level. Uh, and I think they're trying to, to hodgepodge this and make it work. But you, you saw as the year went on stretch, I mean, short yardage situations, third and one, fourth and one, they just didn't trust, you know, they didn't trust the O-line to get pushed. They would run a lot of, like, jet sweep stuff, um, a lot of reverses, things that were going east and west instead of north and south. And, I mean, the only reason I could – think that makes sense is you just don't feel like you can blow people off the line of scrimmage and and get that those yards when you need so I think they're looking for improvement with the offensive line I thought Josh Hoover did a nice job you know they got the ball out of his hands pretty quickly uh, he threw the ball a lot at Rockwell Heath I mean that's kind of what he did and they sort of went to more of what seemed like a, a traditional air raid once he took over one thing I'll be curious to see is this season I mean they didn't really have him run the ball much at all and I don't know if that was just a factor of the fact that once Chandler Morris went down, they were pretty much out of scholarship quarterbacks behind Hoover, so you couldn't afford to have him go down with an injury because you just didn't trust 
you know, Grant Tisdale was, was the next guy in line who was a kind of journeyman player um, that had been at Old Miss, but then more recently Southeast Louisiana. Um, so I, I don't know if it was just the injury situation or if that's something that Josh doesn't do super well, but it feels like whether it was KJ Jefferson or even back to his Baylor days with, you know, Seth Russell, um, Bryce Petty was a little different because he was more of a pocket passer, but Browse's offenses have been at their best when they've had that dual threat quarterback um, that can get it done both with his arms and with his legs. So we'll see if that's more of the plan this year with Hoover. I don't know if he just doesn't have that in that capability or if uh, it, it was just a matter of the injury situation kind of preventing them from feeling comfortable putting him in a situation where he was going to get hit consistently. But I think that's an aspect of, of Kendall's offense that they want to unlock and they really kind of have to unlock if they want to be successful this upcoming season. Stephen Simcox with us in the press box here on ESPN Central Texas. And is there a big question that you need answered in the spring coming into the spring game? I know it's hard to really, in my opinion, to evaluate the offense and defensive line in spring, but the skill positions are where you can really start to see some difference. Is there a big question mark in your mind that you need answered coming out of spring? Running back's a big question. I mean, they lost Imani Bailey. I think he kind of surprised some people when he declared for the NFL draft. So at the moment, you got Cam Cook, who's a sophomore, and he got a few carries as a true freshman, but not much. And then behind him, um, they have Trey Sanders, who came over from Alabama a few years ago, but has dealt with some injuries. Last season, he was more of just a short yardage back. Trent Battle is a guy that they've kind of used in some third-down situations. They'll throw him the ball at the backfield, but they haven't given him a ton of carries, especially between the tackles throughout his career. So I don't know if they're going to go in the portal after the spring ward or if they feel comfortable with the room. Uh, Cam Cook's from from Stony Point High School down in Round Rock and had a really productive career there. They, you know, he was part of the he was a big part of their 2023 recruiting class. I think they like him this talent level I would just say that's an unproven room right now there's not it really any returning production um and so do you have a guy there at the moment that can take the bulk of those carries and then I think also like is is that player going to be good at the nuances of that position so can they pass protect can they step up and pick up a blitz can they be effective you know in the screen game or in the passing game if they're called upon that's the big question from the skill positions. And then defense, I mean, you brought in Andy Avalos, who was a head coach at Boise State before he got let go there uh, and was a defense coordinator to Oregon in the past as well. Um, and so this is going to be a more aggressive defense. They're, they, were, they were running a 3-3-5 under Joe Gillespie. They're moving. Uh, it's still technically, I think, a 3-3-5, but he's, he's got like a stud linebacker that's, that's standing up, you know, on, on, uh, outside the tackle. So you're going to have some four and five down lineman sets and I know he's known for running a lot of different coverages and blitz packages and so can you pick that up and understand it effectively in the spring going into the fall because uh, there's going to be some hiccups there but um, the defense really struggled last season and Sonny Dykes has never been known for, as being a defensive coach <laughs> but uh, they're going to have to get some stops and, and play more complimentary football if they're going to be successful this year. Well, I, I'd, I'd really be reminisced if we let, let you go without talking about how much better your life is now that you don't have to work with a mutt like Matt Mosley every day. <laughs> you know, Stretch, I get on here and I talk football. I get self-conscious because you're, I mean, you're the football expert. I don't want to say anything wrong, but I'm never, 
I'm never as self-conscious as when I'm working with Matt Mosley because, <laughs> my goodness, if, if that man doesn't just know every single thing about sports and life in general, uh, I've never met someone so wise. So I, I just – I'm lucky to be part of that that doomsday experience on a weekly basis, Stretch. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, yeah I, I, I know what you mean, and good for you for for, for speaking up for a paycheck. I can respect that. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Simcox, Locked On Horn Frogs, with us here in the press box. It is Baylor TCU tonight, eight o'clock tip, seven thirty pregame, right here on ESPN Central Texas. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you guys. I appreciate it. All right, there you go. Stephen Simcox, stay right there. We'll come back and put a bowl in the press box right after this. Baylor Bear Softball, all season long on 101.3 FM. Baylor Softball back home at Getterman Stadium hosting the Baylor Invitational this weekend. Games against Morgan State, a doubleheader Saturday beginning at noon, a single game Sunday at noon for Baylor Bear Softball. Join Dan Ingham for Baylor Bear Softball on 101.3 FM. Witt Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations, same great quality, same great prices, two great locations, Gatesville and Marlin. Witt Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection, metal building systems to meet all your construction needs with our extensive range of materials. We ensure you'll have everything you need, commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices. The importance of a good set of tires on your vehicle is key for safe and efficient travel. Texas weather can drastically affect the condition of your tires. Make sure your family is safe no matter what the conditions bring. At Gish's Complete Car Care Center, they carry and service all major tire brands. Yokohama, Michelin, Goodrich, and more. Let their team of seasoned professional service technicians service your vehicle today. Also, take advantage of their easy and efficient drive-up canopy and complimentary shuttle service to get you where you need to go until they get you rolling great again. Kish's Complete Car Care Service, where keeping you safe is their business. Kish's Complete Car Care Center, located at 5300 Franklin Avenue in Waco and CompleteCarCareCenter.com. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossie, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixins. They welcome phone-in orders at their town west or downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. 
Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have Earthmine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab-grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by D'Amori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. D'Amori Fine Jewelers at D'AmoriFineJewelers.com. Here's another remarkable success story from QC Kinetics. This one from Chad, who hurt his knee at the gym one day, and it just kept on hurting for months. From my high school football and wrestling days, I already had a little bit of damage in there, but this just sent it over the edge. Chad tried traditional treatments with no improvement when he turned to the non-surgical regenerative treatments at QC Kinetics. It was really fascinating how they did their work, and the science behind it was very intriguing, and it works. Extracting the cure out of my own body blew my mind. It's like I'm brand new again. It was fantastic. That's because the QC Kinetics natural biologic treatments use your body's own healing power to restore damaged tissue in your hips, shoulders, back, and knees, providing long-lasting relief. Now I'm back at the gym. I'm 100% feeling great. If you're tired of suffering with pain from arthritis or injury, call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation. Call QC Kinetics 254-415-4100. That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Very nice. Change of pace. Yeah. Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. As we wind it down here on this big Monday, again, Baylor. Very nice. Ward, can you – who was that, Ward? You said very nice. Do you know who that was? It was playing right there? Uh, I think, no. Was it Pearl Snap? Pearl Jam. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pearl Jam. <laughs> Pearl Snap is uh, Jason Bolin. It's also one of my shirts. <laughs> Only when I'm feeling fancy, though. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I just normally when you come back, you you you'll you know you'll give it you you'll give our fans an intro into who that was. But when you didn't, I thought, okay, is he all right? Maybe he didn't know that's Pearl Jam, yeah. but it's okay. It's all good. I couldn't remember who it was. So there you go. <laughs> was never a big Pearl Jam fan anyway. So there's that. I like a couple of them. That was a good one, but I I just never really got into their old uh, the whole library of Pearl Pearl Jam. Well, I, 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 that's a shame. I'm a Pearl Jam guy. Like you a look little, like a Pearl Jam guy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I do look like that. <laughs> thanks for <laughs> thanks for thanks for giving me that heads up. I appreciate it. <laughs> NFL Combine starting this week. I'm I'm fired up. We 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 went a whole show without talking about it. We've had some. Dang good guess on it's here, the but underwear Olympics. Ward, I'm telling you, it's 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 uh, means it's nothing. It's a dang good show. Yeah, it's not true. Made it's for not television. True. The underwear Olympics. Under Armour made it up so they could get some TV programming, and none of those skills mean anything 
the interviews and the doctor's uh, evaluation is the only thing that I get out of that. I, 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 I like that, but you can't tell me, and I, and I, and I know you're setting your ways, and, and I get that, and I, I'm that way too, but you can't tell me that it doesn't do something for you when you just get to see a guy that maybe you did or didn't like, and you get to see him on the hoof. I, I, I like that. I'm disappointed, however, that Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner, is not working out. Um, Neither to. is Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison Jr. is not working out. Neither is Caleb Williams. Yeah, they need to throw. They sure do. Absolutely. They need to go in there me, and show. They don't. And sh- but they're going to film on. Yeah, well, no, they're all going to yeah, throw at their pro days. Yeah, they are going to throw at their pro days. But I want you know what? I I want to see them in that. I want to see them in that environment. Yeah, I I got you. Put the film means a lot more. Than, than and seeing them there, but I but I want to see them with their peers going there and perform. I, I I still go back to the day when I was there when when Deion Sanders got out. He didn't have to work out at the combine. Mm-hmm. He just came in, ran that forty, and blistered it right out the back door. Just showed everybody, <laughs> hey, right you know what? Limo. I can run. A, <laughs> I, I can run a four three and some chance. That's right. Went right to the limo, scratched his butt twice, farted, and headed out. Nothing wrong with that. So great, the greatest oh, combine appearance my. of all time. Just Showed up, ran the no floor, and ducked out in the limo. That's it. Ran right through, right through the, right through the end zone, and got Before in the, uh, got in that, ex- <laughs> got in the extended car, and called it a day. Hey, that, that's all you need to see. I can run sub four four. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> oh, I bet that was amazing to be able to see that in person too, though. I, I, that, and then when we traded for him. And, and you see it, and you realize how fast it is. And we tr- well, we signed him as a free agent, the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first time he returns a punt, opening game. This is an honest truth. He 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 darts and comes right right by our sideline. And as he ran by me, I felt my shirt flutter. That's how fast <laughs> he was going. Dude. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, that's how fast he was running. So wow. yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I like to, I like to see that. I like to be reminded too of a, a guy like John Ross who, Still has the combine record, Ward, and he 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 couldn't play he couldn't play dead in the John Wayne Western when it comes to playing in the NFL. But he ran a hell of a forty time. <laughs> I'm not opposed to watching a forty yard dash. That's that's yeah, something I, exactly. I'm okay with. But all yeah, the other, exactly. all the other skills, I, I just I'm, again put the film on, and if I can't evaluate you from what you're doing underneath the lights, then there's something wrong with me. I, I, I agree, but I, I, you know, again, I like to see a little, you know, I like to see the vertical jump. I like to see a little, I, li- I like to see a three cone shuttle. So I, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm, 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 I'm just a football idiot in that way. I like to see the, I like to see the drills. I like to see them run. So, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be some late nights here coming up Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. So if I, uh, if I, if I uh, stink it up a little bit in the show, I'll, you know, I'll make sure and have me a few Mountain Dews ready so, so I don't uh, stumble around when it comes time to do the show. All right. I respect that. There you go. Coming up next, J-Mo. He will uh, preview the Baylor TCU Big Monday tonight, 730 pregame and an 8 o'clock tip right here on ESPN for Texas, followed by the Matt Mosley Show with Cam Stewart starring Matt Mosley. It's all right here on ESPN Central Texas. 
for stretching air, and I'm Ward White. Until next time, so long, everybody. Recently on the John Moore Show. Chris Spatola, our guest, ESPN College basketball analyst. And it'll be interesting also, John, one last thought here. All of these teams are playing in Foster Pavilion for the first time. What is the impact that has? I'll be curious to see what Baylor's record at home is by the end of the season. The John Moore Show, 2 to 3 p.m. Weekdays here on ESPN Central Texas. The Brazos Landing is proud to showcase their new upscale bar to Central Texas, the Bourbon Street Bar. Guests are able to savor 93 different labels of bourbons, whiskeys, and scotch. Also, over 110 varieties of wine are featured, in addition to a nice selection of Texas beers. Ask about the new Bourbon Street Bites while enjoying your drink. This menu includes oysters on the half shell, meatball wellington, chicken fried steak sliders, and beer-battered flounder tacos with avocado salsa. Where I-35 and the Brazos River meet, the Brazos Landing, Waco. In business since the 1940s, Alamo Steel of Waco delivers over 30,000 tons of steel nationwide every year. And now they're looking to grow their team. They're hiring fitters, welders, machine operators for both day and evening shifts, project managers and estimators. Plus, they're offering summer internships. Evening shift only works four days a week, Monday through Thursday. Also, a $1 differential pay is offered for evening shifts. After 90 days of full-time employment, Alamo Steel offers PTO and a comprehensive benefit plan, including medical, dental, vision, short- and long-term disability, life insurance, and 401K. Full-time positions are 40 hours plus a week. Hourly employees are paid weekly. At Alamo Steel, they believe in above-average pay to attract 